2: now the ultimate power in the universe welcome to the scare scuttlebutt podcast scariff live and uh brad good to see you my friend happy new year and is this uh is this the first uh live of the new year
1: well happy new year to you as well and yes it is uh the the world is crazy around us but at least we still have star wars to talk about uh and plenty of it which is good this is what we need uh the rest of the world is chaos but at least we have something we can geek out about together as friends and we got all of our friends here in the chat good to see everybody thank you all for joining us and uh happy new year's to everybody in the chat as well since this is our first scarif live of the new year
2: i was just petting my uh my good luck grogu there so uh yeah petting your grogu sounds kind of dirty i think that's good and speaking of petting your grogu if you guys uh are interested in our uh sponsor make sure you head on over to manscape uh talking about petting your grogu but make sure your grogu is nice and clean brad isn't that right (laughs) i'm not often speechless i I get i got no
1: retort for that yes uh uh, nobody likes a dirty Grogu now. I guess uh, no, everybody's gonna hate us if we if we start comparing Grogu to uh, the Manscape product. <laughs> so let's we'll stay away from that. But uh, yeah, if you didn't get some for Christmas, uh, well, you missed out. But uh, you can still go to Manscape.com and uh, use the promo code Beachballs Woo-hoo. for twenty percent off. And they are great products, better than you might imagine. So uh, go check that out, Manscape.com.
2: It really is nice. It keeps everything nice and uh, clean down there, or wherever it is that you might have wherever. manly hair. Um, but not just manly hair, woman, man, womanly hair too. I don't care. Uh, and moving but, right along, moving right along. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you everybody in the chat. We uh, we have quite a uh, show. First of all, uh, earlier today, uh, earlier tonight, I put out a uh, a question for you guys. Uh, I wanted to find out. If I should uh, what kind of adult beverage I should have and um, I gave you guys two choice keep it simple: beer or wine and uh, I just checked a couple minutes ago and
1: uh, <laughs> was it a tie
2: <laughs> I think um, I think the beer won but you know what I'm not afraid to mix my alcohol I'll probably have a little glass of red wine uh, towards the end of this broadcast and see what uh, see who else we can piss off today
1: yeah i think it's time to have some more uh spirits introduced in the star wars universe it's always carillion (laughs) ale you know everybody's always like them is that the only beer in the whole universe is carillion ale it's time for some new 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 alcohol
2: there time for some new alcohol and time for uh what was the the other thing that we had posted up um on twitter a couple of nights ago in anticipation of tonight's um scheduled Scarif live we wanted to chat with uh with each other and bring in a uh, fellow Red Fiver. We got Red Charlie, uh, Red For Charlie uh, from uh, Star Wars Through the Ages uh, coming up. Um, We're going to chat with him. But we posed a question to you guys. What do you guys want to talk about? And uh, we did get a couple of uh, responses, and I'm really glad. Uh, There's a couple of uh, very interesting topics that we will get to on tonight's Tatooine Hot takes. I don't know if they'll be hot takes, but uh, they'll definitely be uh, a Couple of topics that we can uh, sink our teeth into
1: Isn't Yeah, right? some of those were kind of uh, PG so if anybody in the chat has some spicier uh, questions for us uh, Maybe some controversial ones you can sit there and you know dwell upon while you're in the chat by all means throw them at us uh, throughout the show and uh, we'll see what kind of trouble we can drum up tonight.
2: Excellent. Uh, without further ado, let's bring in our fellow Red Fiver. I know uh, you guys are itching to see who we got. Uh, well, we already told you, but uh, here is Charlie. Charlie Red Redford. Charlie, how's it going? Happy Red 5 day. Uh, I just made that up. It's always red five day around here. So, how's it going, man?
0: <laughs> Every day is red five day. Absolutely. No, it's a it's a great evening. Uh, got all my work accomplished uh, for the week. Uh, t- today is my Friday, so I have the next three days off. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's going well. Uh, getting ready to get down on some more uh, uh, high republic stuff. Uh, just got the uh, the next two. Uh, little small books, and uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, I'm excited. Did you make it through Light of the Jedi already? Yes, I did. Man, I'm only about halfway through. How'd you finish so quickly? Uh, I read about a 100 pages an hour, and so it doesn't take very long.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I got this one. I mean, I did get the hard copy, but I got this one on uh, audio, and I posted that on Twitter as well. Uh, Mark Thompson does such a good job with these and it's so entertaining and with all the sound effects and with the music in the background, Mm -hmm. it's like you're watching a Star Wars movie. Uh, I wasn't sure what to think about this book at first because it seemed like it was all over the place at the beginning. But I'm about halfway, two thirds in it and it's uh, getting pretty good. So did you enjoy the book overall?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, man, uh, I started listening to the audio version first. Uh, because our stores did not have the hardback uh, here in Roswell, New Mexico. So, uh, thanks very much for that, Target. I really appreciate it. Um, but uh, so I got the audiobook. I started listening to it. Uh, some of the accents that uh, Mr. Thompson did, uh, I really liked. And some of them I just were like, wow, that's way over the top. Uh, so then I switched over to the hardback. Uh, and got through it a lot faster than, uh, what I would have listening to it in audio format. Uh, but man, the way that it was written, uh, I, I love how you were introduced to a character within the con- uh, within the countdown, uh, and you were vested by the time that that passage ended, you were so vested in that character that you know you're shocked on what's going on and you just had to keep reading.
1: Yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much for everybody, but uh, maybe you can relate when when it started off that like I think with yeah that first chapter. You remember Transformers the movie back from from uh, what was it nineteen eighty five the yep, cartoon yep. movie like where that didn't you know I I was just a little kid and that movie took some dark turns right away. And, uh, turns out was not, uh, you know, six-year-old me was not ready for it at that time. And I, and I felt like this book started off the same way. I'm like, wow, I, uh, they, they got right to
0: it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was, uh, when I got to the end of that section and realized, you know, the, uh, the ending that was going to happen, uh, trying not to give any spoilers here, but, uh, yeah, it. Uh, it really took. I was like, "Wow, that was." I was already invested. I Already liked the character, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be good." Uh, let's see what kind of adventures we're going to get. And then, bang! Now we're on to another chapter, and I'm like, "Oh, wow! All right, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens."
1: I mean, Roe and I have talked about Charles Soul many times. Uh, on the Scarif scuttle button, and uh, you can tell he really loves Star Wars. He does it justice. Um, his his Vader series is among the best mm. in, for for Star Wars.
2: You know the uh, the setup, and I too am reading it uh, through the way of uh, the audio. Um, and uh, the the setup, the first couple of chapters are really really good. That first chapter was phenomenal, and it really set the stage. I think um, I think I might be on chapter eight or nine. Not only am I a slow reader, I'm also a slow listener, apparently. But uh, it, it's it's really fascinating, and and I know what you mean, Charlie, about sometimes the accents are a little non-Star Wars, I guess. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But I, I'm definitely enjoying the uh, the, the takes. Uh, Mr. Mark Thompson, uh, like everybody is saying in the chat, he's phenomenal.
1: He's got a lot of voices, but if you listen to enough of his works, you hear the same voice from another Star Wars uh, story, but it's a different character. Like, wait a minute. Uh, that guy was – that was Han Solo in another book, and now he's this lieutenant. Right, so – He's still great.
0: I can't harp too much on accents, especially in Star Wars, uh, basically because of Mandalorian and having Bill Burr uh, play a character. And you don't get much more of an accent than when he's doing his Boston accent. And, you know, it just really, you know, it really pops. And, you know, it's uh, he actually had a really uh, good take on it uh, on uh, Jimmy Fallon. And he's like, you know, what happens when you pull into a spaceport and, you know, and you have uh, an alien look, uh, you know, walk up to you and say, hey, how you doing? And you understand him, you know, but that's okay. Or like uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca, you know, they have discourses where, uh, you know, they're just talking to each other and they understand each other, but nobody knows, you know, else knows what the heck's going on. Yeah, it's uh, accents are a, a funny thing, but uh it just was um I guess his pronunciation of it was just a little over the top. It's like he really went hardcore into it. Uh like I don't know, if I was to try to redo some of my old uh New England accent, it, you know, it just would sound odd because I don't normally talk that way. So, I don't know. I mean, he, at least he didn't pack his car anywhere.
1: I mean, it didn't it didn't go that far. You
0: know, yeah. Yeah. A- <laughs>
1: yeah and i'm glad the comic books are coming out at the same time as the books because you're trying to get used to all these new characters and you're trying to uh you know it's all over the place at the beginning it's like who which one was that again uh and getting all their species down and stuff like that so it's nice uh for anybody getting into it make sure you uh as charlie said at the top make sure you're checking out all the different uh works so you can get more used to these characters and so far so good
2: yeah, I think that's one of the things that um, that might be an issue with a lot of people that are having uh, trouble with uh, just something brand new. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the fans have been kind of clamoring for something new outside the Skywalker storyline, outside the original trilogy, uh, you know, um, era. And, you know, here we, we have it. We've got it. Uh, but um, I, too, I think I'm having trouble kind of, uh, keeping track of the new characters, the names, uh, et cetera, especially when one voice actor is doing all the voices. I think, I don't know, I, I'm having trouble with it. So I think, uh, like uh, some folks in the chat are saying, you know, they're going back to the uh, to the printed book, which I think might help because you kind of bring your own voice to it when you're reading uh, the mm-hmm. the text off the page. So um i i might try that i still love you know listening to a star wars book read to me uh i I did that with the ahsoka novel and uh claudia gray stuff so it's it's really cool but uh yeah that it's going to be an interesting ride
1: uh one thing but you know mark thompson takes his time too with with i mean if you read it it wouldn't take you that long uh, i think for most people you know one Mm -hmm. thing i noticed on these and, and again spoiler free so far but uh the Jedi at first may seem to you overpowered, at least to me, that's the way they seem. But then I I quickly started to like that because I think it goes to show what the dark side clouding, you know, clouding everything did to them in the prequel trilogy era. Uh, And I like how they're basically almost God level in the high Republic. Uh, So, and that's, that's where you get the mythology of the Jedi from is them being near this God level uh, of, of powerful. Uh, so I, I think I, I think I get on board with that, and I think that shows you know just the difference uh, a couple hundred years can make, uh, especially when you have Sith working in the background and clouding everything with the dark side. So I, I think that's pretty cool.
2: There's one thing that I noticed um, that made me kind of pause, and again, non-spoilers. It was just kind of a description of of the Force, um, which I think for me didn't make sense because what we know the Force is different than what was described they were talking about how um you can't manipulate gravity or something that had to do with gravity oh, and I'm gra- like,
1: gravity God. was gravity
2: right yeah yeah, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. they, 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 ex-
1: they did expound on that though i mean okay, he, right. he, he made that statement of gravity is gravity but you can sort of pad your fall a little bit so he he did kind of counter that a little bit but yeah that took me off at first as
2: well but you know one of the things that i was I guess explaining to myself is that this book is you know has is taking place uh, you know many many years before the original trilogy obviously uh, many years before the story that we know so maybe the author is also telling it from that perspective and and um, you know, Maybe the Force is different. Maybe some of the things uh, that the Force uh, does or how people understand the the Force is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely on board with that. I I like to see, you know, obviously we uh, each movie, each uh, Star Wars movie has introduced the Force in a new way uh including the sequel trilogy we got different force powers or different things that the force or the jedi are able to do and um i just kind of you know put it in that category so again i'm you know maybe a little under halfway through but i'm looking forward to uh, hearing what else is going on and also looking forward like you said brad to head over to my local comic book store uh and uh see what i can find as far as uh the continuation or the parallel stories that are being told in this era
1: yeah, and there's definitely some Force powers that I'd like to talk about in a uh, future episode on mm-hmm. on Scarif. I don't want to give them away quite yet, let everybody get their chance to read or listen, however they like to consume their Star Wars. But yeah, there are a couple new ways that I think are pretty cool. And for them to for Charles to come up with that, uh, well, I guess the whole creative team to come up with that, that that's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the way that they described the Force in this one. It's something... Uh, And not necessarily different than what we were told uh, previously. It's just a, I guess, a different interpretation of it. Uh, And the way that they feel and their oneness with the Force uh, was uh, just masterfully written. And yes, I, I love that. Uh, we have some different abilities that we haven't ever seen before. And uh, which is something we've seen in every star Wars uh, movie, at least uh, even books for the most part, uh, there's a different uh, power. We've seen things in the sequel trilogy that we didn't know that, you know, you could do with the force things in the uh, original trilogy, which was what we based everything off of, you know, we're pretty stock. And then we see different abilities in the prequel trilogy. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Yeah. And didn't know you could do this. Well, why couldn't they do this at during this time? And like, well, if they knew how to do that, and now you see all everything they could do in the sequel trilogy. It's like, why in the world did they not do these before? Maybe it would have changed something. So, uh, I, I like the that we get uh, different aspects of uh, of the Force as we move along throughout this timeline.
2: Yeah, and I I always had kind of a. a a gripe with people that say you know why can't we why can't all jedi do the same thing with the force i mean it's it's a different thing and i think it's you know i can equate it with uh you know why can't we all be great basketball players like michael jordan it's just you just can't i mean everybody's got a different level of 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 skill uh strength uh mental dexterity and i think uh, you know, I, I guess that's how I kind of perceive it as far as, you know, why are why do different Jedi have different force powers? It's just, you know, it manifests in different ways um, I, you know, that that's what I think.
1: I'll tell you what, there's a there's one character I really like. And unfortunately, I, I don't know his name right off, right off the bat because I've learned everybody's name completely. Um, and this is not too spoiler, um, but there's one Jedi introduced. He's only a Jedi Knight. They won't make him a master yet. But he does trial and error with the Force, and oh, I thought nice. that was a really cool yeah. thing to mention. Like he's there uh, trying to get a more, uh, a deeper understanding of the Force by trying different tricks, uh, seeing how he can push the Force in different ways, and it says, "Hey, sometimes this doesn't go well." And uh, it backfires on him when he tries to use the Force in different manners. I thought that was really cool. And, and, you know, it shows them trying to get a deeper understanding of the Force. So Mm -hmm. you do have characters like that that you'll be introduced to in these books.
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, And I know, what's the next book that's out uh, after this? I got to speed up. Oh, yeah, great. All right. So that's, uh, you know, again, another one of our favorite authors. We interviewed her, uh, back in, uh, May of last year, I think it was. And, uh, she had some really great things to say about the books that, uh, obviously we were kind of, uh, gush gushing about, um, Lost Stars, obviously one of them. So looking forward to that and, uh, trying to see, you know, what else is coming out. I think, um, you know it's it's uh, you know brad says it all the time it's a great great time to be a star wars fan
0: yeah absolutely and uh one of the cool things that i've seen uh so far with the uh the other media whether it's the junior novel or the young readers or even the comic uh the novel it was the introduction to it and now you're going to get these other stories that are coming out that focus on one or two of these uh new Jedi and they go more into a character description of who they are, what they can do, and uh, you know their strengths and their weaknesses as you move on. So I'm excited for everything that's coming out. Uh, Yeah, we get the basic novel, but then it's like I don't know, um, it's like watching the movies uh, and then getting the art of book, and you see all this other stuff or the visual dictionaries or. You know and it gives you just that extra bit of information that are like oh wow that's cool and you know so yeah it's uh definitely read everything that you can i agree
2: i agree so uh later on we're gonna get to some follower uh questions and topics we had some great uh input from vader rapina uh hoth off the press i know you're in the chat and uh two d2 um but uh what else is going on charlie i love your hat i know we were joking around with you that you got to have a hat on but uh that that's uh that's a real good one
0: ah thanks i've had this one for a while uh i wasn't sure which one i have a couple of different star wars hats uh and i was like man if i wear a hat tonight then this would be one that i wear i'm still after uh coming to terms with my baldness uh, uh i really haven't worn a hat much uh so it kind of feels a little weird to have it on but uh yeah yeah, it's one of my favorite hats
2: hey scuttle buddies row here i just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do? We're lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks, Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash Scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always Sonny on Scarif with patrons like you.
1: Big news as far as the video game world goes <laughs> and oh, the yeah. announcement of uh, the partnership with uh, Ubisoft. And uh, our open world Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. And I don't we, we don't have much details because I think it's going to be quite a ways away before we actually see this on the shelves or to be downloaded digitally. But uh, I'm pretty excited about that, Charlie. You excited to hear that news?
0: I am, although I am uh, surprised that they went with the division of Ubisoft that they did uh, with uh, Division 2. Uh, being their main game that they've done, uh, I really thought that they were going to go with the Montreal bunch that has done the Assassin's Creed style, uh, especially yeah. when they said it was going to be open world. Um, and unless they make this an online only game, similar to what Division and Division 2 are, uh, you know, it, it was really a surprise. Um, but yeah, I'm, man, I am stoked. I'm ready for uh, some good. Uh, some good star wars gaming i know a few of the people over at ubisoft uh and they're top notch and i know they were excited to get this contract too how open world do you
1: think uh because when you're talking star wars we're on the galactic scale now so how open world do you think open world will be
0: i am going to say it's probably just going to be on a planet or maybe two uh it's uh it it will start off small, then if it uh goes the way that they want it to, they can introduce other worlds in packs. Um there's not a whole lot of uh games other than say like No Man's Sky, uh that you can go and visit other worlds, uh especially online. Um so yeah it's uh, i think it's going to be mainly one world to start with and with the uh possibility of them opening it up into other uh other things with expansions so real fast
2: i just want to mention uh 2d2 one of our followers one of our wonderful fo- followers had uh, posed that question to us what's your thoughts on the new star wars gaming shift thoughts on the massive star wars online games and development with uh, ubisoft where do you want them to go with that um and i'm you know i i'm not a big gamer um but uh i know a lot of uh people are very excited i see it in the chat um you know as far as open world uh yeah you're right i mean how open can it be uh but you're right brad this is uh now on the galactic scale uh it would be an amazing thing and maybe in the future you can maybe hop in your x-wing uh, take off, uh, go to uh, Warp Factor 7 and head over to Hoth. I know that's a different franchise. Sorry about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that would be kind of an amazing thing. You know, somebody uh, in the
1: Twitterverse mentioned the magic numbers 1313. Oh, and that there was, you go. of course, a uh, game that many of us were dying to get our hands on right before Disney bought out everything and they scrapped the project. At uh, 98% completion, something something like that. Um, but that was a game for anybody not familiar. That was set on Coruscant primarily, uh, if not completely. And uh, you are not a force user, but I think you were along the lines of a detective, and you're investigating some crimes on Coruscant, and all the shady. Uh, you know, it, it got you into the different levels of Coruscant, how things are on the uh, the quote unquote surface. Of Coruscant, which of course is not the surface, uh, but then it gets uh, shadier and more dangerous the farther you work your way down uh, the levels of Coruscant. And, uh, you know, we were really looking forward to that game. So if you're going to make an open world, I think that world should be Coruscant because it literally has everything. And it's what? I think it's the populations in the trillions uh, on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, you, you know, that. Coruscant is an open world. You're you're never going to get to, and I like also going back to the Light of the Jedi, they actually are on Coruscant for a little bit, and you even get more new locales on Coruscant in in that book. But, uh, you know, if you get to see the Jedi Temple in the background and, you know, the Senate and, you know, uh, and then you go over to Dex's Diner and and stuff like that, uh, I think Coruscant will be the place to have an open world game
2: absolutely i just want to uh mention amanda one of our wonderful patrons uh of the scare Scuttlebutt podcast is a great comment uh, she says the engine works great and i think star wars is a perfect fit for ubisoft um you know I, i'm not too well versed in the whole uh war between the uh software companies and the uh, the issues that they had with microtransactions i i kind of ignored that i just played the game as is so i wasn't uh too uh, savvy about all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I, you know,
0: cor- a, a, an open world on Coruscant would be amazing. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, I was thinking that 1313 was supposed to follow Boba Fett, um, yeah. uh, as a bounty hunter on, uh, on that level. Um, but, uh, you, uh maybe Bra- uh, Brad, you might be right on that, where it was a detective instead of a uh, bounty hunter. Um, But, yeah, it's. I know a lot of people were wanting something like um, uh, Fallen Order uh, to be more of an open world like that. But the logistics behind having that with so many different people on different uh, planets is just a nightmare for servers to run. And uh, they've tried to do that with a lot of the other uh, games – you know, oh, back in the day, uh, Warcraft, uh, um, EverQuest was uh, like that as well, where you could go to different uh, in, uh, areas and hop, skip, and jump uh, and do different quests. And, uh, it, yeah, I really don't see how that's going to work very well on, say, like a console, uh, which is uh, the probably the number one platform now. Uh, most people don't have too many gaming PCs unless they're diehard, but nearly everyone has an Xbox or a, or a PS4, uh, or five now, uh, that's, uh, laying around that they do their gaming on. Um, so yeah, but I'm, I'm just excited for it. Um, I was excited when they made the announcement for Lucasfilms games coming back, uh, for when they, uh, did the indie reveal, uh, with machine games, um, yeah, and uh, even the writer for that is the guy that did uh, uh, Elder Scrolls uh, games. Uh, and uh, what was the other one that he did? I don't remember. But he's, he's a really fantastic writer. Uh, and he's going to be the director for this Indian, uh, Indiana Jones game as well. Uh, but, yeah, man, future of gaming looks bright.
1: Yeah, so they're bringing a, a little bit of talent to the, to the game, I'd say. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's, some, that's some pretty serious stuff there. Amanda brought up uh, Corellia. Uh, I think Corellia would be fun. We were introduced to it finally on screen with the Solo movie. Um, I'm not sure how much variation you're going to get on Corellia. I think there are some nicer sections of town than what we saw in Solo, so it might be interesting uh, to see mm-hmm. Corellia. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Naboo? But uh, I think, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned Fallen Order. For being a linear game, you got quite a bit of uh, room to explore, even though that was a linear type format.
2: Do you guys prefer the open uh, world storyline or more of the linear storyline where you've got these cut scenes in between
0: uh, sections there? Yeah. It, it really depends on story for me. Sure. Uh, I, I've played some games where uh, the linear story was just, uh, I mean, it just wasn't very good. Uh, you know, I would play through it just to get, uh, you know, a trophy or, you know, some sort of completion, uh, you know, and just, you know, it's okay, uh, but it's not something that I'm going to pick up and play again. And, you know, the same thing with the, uh, open world games that, uh, if there's not anything that is going to keep me invested into it, uh, I'm not going to go back and play it uh, similar, uh, was a, uh, grand theft auto five, uh, you know, Big, huge, open world game. You have you can run all over the place, and then you have the online part. And I just really couldn't get into the online message of it that they had. There's, uh, you know, like we were talking about before, there's so many microtransactions and so many other people that uh, that you know would take advantage of the uh, newer players. Uh, so unless they bring up you know something like that to uh, to combat those issues, um, you now. If it's open world, great, as long as it's telling a great story. If they end up doing a bunch of linear games after this, sure. As long as they're telling us a good story, that's all I care about. I'm going to say a mix, and I wanted to bring up Red Dead Redemption, too. Uh,
1: I mean, because that that might as well be open world. I mean, that map is just enormous um, and, and beautiful. Uh, I think probably the most beautiful game I've, I've ever played. Uh, but there is a linear storyline there, but you can take a break from that. Whenever you want to, and you can just go hunting uh, or fishing or, or yeah. robbing banks or whatever you want to do in the meantime, or go visit the next town over um, and get into a shootout over there. And then whenever you're ready to, you can go ahead and get back to the story. So I would like to see more. I would love to see Star Wars games along that line linear story but uh you know open world uh, exploration whenever you wanted to
2: and i you know i mentioned early on that i'm not that big of a gamer i'm still you know addicted to the old needs for speed as as uh uh, brad makes fun of me from time to time but uh, it's
1: i was about to earlier but uh (laughs) charlie started talking so i didn't get my chance
2: but um you know i really enjoy the linear story again i'm not like too uh too into the gaming I, I, you know I think it's fun but um, like you said Charlie as long as the the storyline is great and I love seeing you know after the the game is released I love seeing the uh, the cutscenes just kind of edited together in a little movie um, I find those things fascinating too from you know just kind of a, a story perspective I really love that <music> So any uh, last thoughts on games before we get to another uh, topic uh, submitted to our from our followers?
0: Well, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg uh, as they say. Uh, we talked about this on Rogue One radio the other night that uh, once uh, EA's ex- exclusivity ends on uh, in either the end of 2022 or mid 2023, But it takes three to four years to to get the games developed and made. Uh, So uh, there's going to be a lot of companies that are going to come out for it. EA is not the only player uh, in this series. So we have already seen Ubisoft get involved in it. We're going to get a bunch more uh, different developers that want their uh, hand in the Star Wars cookie jar as well. I would expect a bunch of Mandalorian type games uh, to come out. Uh, a lot of bounty hunter type games uh, that people will pitch to make. And I'm just, I'm ready for it all. Hey, Star Wars
1: fans and friends of the podcast. Don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be
0: included in the
1: discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659.
2: And that's the Scuttlebutt. So we got uh, one of our new friends, Hoth Off the Press, says. Doo-doo-doo. Uh, What story from the EU would you like to see brought into Star Wars TV or films? Uh, Something that maybe has not been introduced. I know uh, little by little they are starting to pull in some expanded universe stuff. We obviously see a lot of that in The Mandalorian. Uh, Very pleasantly surprised that they are doing that, kind of uh, picking a a little bit here and a little bit there just to kind of uh, spice up that recipe that we all know as Star Wars uh brad i know you are a big eu guy and yeah. uh you know we talked about this in previous episodes you know everything from the darth Plagueis novel to some of the other stuff brought to us uh early on uh in the star wars pathos is there anything else that you'd like to kind of see bring uh them bring into uh into canon
1: well you already mentioned uh the mandalorian and we spoke on a previous show about. You know, we could see the Thrawn trilogy be brought about in The Mandalorian. Um, It's a few years after Return of the Jedi, just like in the books. Thrawn's been away for a while, just like he was in the books. So we could very well see a Thrawn trilogy type uh, show there on The Mandalorian or as an offshoot of The Mandalorian. Oh, it's um,
2: definitely going to happen. Yeah. I um, think so.
1: You know, it, I think a, a lot of the EU folks would love to see the Yu-Zan Vong. Uh, I, I was never a big, a huge fan of those storylines, and a, a lot of people like to see that. You know me, I've only mentioned Darth Plagueis about 527 <laughs> times or so on our show. So I would love to see Darth Plagueis, and I would love to see, you know, uh, who do they mention? Uh, the the uh, actor that played Loki uh, in the Marvel um, movies? Um, yeah. Tom Hiddleston. Having- Yep, as a, as a young Palpatine, and they showed a picture of it, and I just fell in love with that picture and with that idea of seeing him as a young Palpatine. But if you could see that interaction between him and Plagueis and what the two of them were already planning, uh, we saw that in the book, and I would love to see that brought to the screen. Of course, they're going to put a new spin on it, but I would love to see that storyline uh, be brought into it. Um, that, that That's my big one. And of course, they're, you know— We've, we've asked for the old Republic for a long time. We're getting the high Republic now. Um, so I think we should be thankful for that. But, uh, Charlie, what do you think?
0: Well, Amanda's took mine. Uh, I would love to see Knights of the Old Republic. I really would love to see the story of Revan, uh, play out. Uh, I think that they would do an amazing thing with it and it was such a good story, uh, that, it, one, it spawned the two video games, and there's so many fans of that already. Uh, they just released Knights of the Old Republic 2 for mobile devices. So there's a lot of people that want this period of history to be shown, although it is no longer canon. Uh, man, I, yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, the only other one that I thought of uh, that would be really cool to see uh, is... And I don't know if uh, this would be considered EU or not, but I wouldn't mind seeing something from uh, Chuck Windig's aftermath series. Uh, I think that there's a lot Definitely of
1: good. Not EU, Charlie. Don't you do that to uh, the EU? Don't...
0: I, I I know, but we haven't seen it yet, and yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of hanging out there. And I really, if I could have a story be told, I would, or to be seen. Uh, I, I would really like to see that section of uh, history as well. What was really cool in the
1: um, the Battlefront 2 storyline was that one little part with uh, Han Solo. And we got, for the first time ever, a bearded Han Solo. And, uh, <laughs> there, and he was on Takodana talking to Maz and trying to get information. And it made uh, references to Chewbacca and, and helping to free Kashyyyk and that sort of thing. Um, so they did make I that I, I really geeked out when I saw all those references to the aftermath uh stories. So yeah, I think that would be fun to see. Uh and so when you played uh, Knights of the Old Republic, Charlie, did did you stay on the light side or did you go dark?
0: Dark. <laughs> I'm <laughs> always dark. My my favorite character is Palpatine, so I yeah. I I have no squad behind me. Uh long live the Empire. Uh yeah. That's, uh,
1: But I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I think Ro and I have talked about this in the past. Like, I thought the dark side responses were so extreme on that game. Like, you know, you needed a pack of batteries, a pack of triple A batteries. And it's like, hey, can I get some batteries? Jedi mind trick or force lightning the guy. And I just thought, you know, using force lightning to get some triple A's was a bit over the top. So I can never <laughs> make myself go full dark side on that game. You should, you should see me when I go to 7-Eleven for a Slurpee. What do you mean over the top?
2: You got 7-Elevens in Chicago? Because I'm so mad that the South doesn't have 7-Elevens. Oh, yeah. We still got them. We still got them. Real quick, I just want to make a quick apology. I think I posted Hoth Off The Press, but it's uh, his handle. Uh, Our new friend is Hoth Off Podcast. So uh, check him out. Uh, New to the Twitter uh, and uh, podcast world, uh, Hoth Off The Press. He's uh, he's also in the uh, chat, so uh, everybody say hello to him. Um, and say that 10 times fast. And say that 10 times fast, exactly, without drinking a Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, uh, Rural Farm Boy uh, hit me up with a question on on Twitter. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure, well, you no, know, we can probably make this a whole show. Uh, but he was asking about top five favorite droids mm. in the Star Wars. So we can uh, definitely name a couple each other. Otherwise, you know, like. I, I've been wanting a droid uh, show for a while, just, just on droids. And do they deserve equal rights to sentient beings in the Star Wars universe? And I would argue, yes, they do, because they obviously have feelings they've, they've said it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Charlie, some of your favorite, and, and uh, you can't pick R2-D2 and C-3PO. So besides R2-D2 and C-3PO, because that's the cheesy answer that Roe would give.
0: Uh, <laughs> what are your favorite droids in the Star Wars universe? Well, I would have to say um number one, Chopper. Uh love chopper. I always forget uh, Chopper. I don't know why. I always forget Chopper, but yeah, you're right. And uh R4 uh is uh another one I've always uh had you know uh, and would think it would have an interesting story, uh mainly because well if he didn't have a bad motivator uh, then he was the droid that was chosen. So, you know, did something happen to him where he had a bad motivator? Did, uh, R2 or C3PO do something to him, you know, to ensure that they were the ones that were picked or I don't know. So, uh, but I like that one. And then, uh, two med two is always a, uh, interesting one, uh, for me as well. Do, do you remember we've mentioned
1: it before on the show do you remember uh the star wars tales comic book from a few years ago uh, it was when dark horse still ran it but they called him droid jedi and he, uh it actually made him a force user and he blew his motivator on purpose for the good of the universe
2: i always thought that was a fantastic take on that one isn't that also in uh the empire strikes or the the first uh from a certain point of view collection they may have, yeah. I mean, I,
1: I repressed most of those stories. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> what they did to Tarkin and, and, and others in that one, I don't know. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it may have been. But I also thought that was a pretty cool story. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying K2SO. We don't talk about Rogue One very often on this show, like hardly ever, except every other show, and we named ourselves after it. But, yeah, Amanda's got it right, K2SO such a great character he did such a great job uh, with that character. Uh, the sarcasm there the fact that he's a reprogrammed droid so uh, I can relate to him my filter also died a couple years back so I tend to say whatever comes into my circuits uh, it was part of my reprogramming uh, so I can relate to that um, and you know some of the best scenes in Rogue one were uh, improvised. Um, I'm sure most people in the chat because you're all smart individuals, Uh, know that the slap from K2SO to Cassian Andor was not in the script. Uh, They were just, uh, they're about to cut the scene and uh, he decided to slap the hell out of them. Um, (laughs) And uh, the best part about that scene is if you look closely, you can see Cassian trying so hard not to laugh. He's failing at it uh, because he's snickering. Um, but he couldn't believe that he did that and he was trying not to laugh his ass off but the uh, you know the directors like, oh no no, keep rolling keep rolling and they put it in the movie and I think that's that's one of my, of course you know um, we, that was one of the best fight scenes in the whole uh, the whole thing with cheered Mway doing his thing and then you have that where, where he just slaps the hell out of him. I, I think that was just <laughs> classic movie making and that's why we love Rogue One so much. Ro, what do you got?
2: well, I don't care what you say, I think uh, R2 (laughs) is one of my favorite droids, one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. I mean, look at him, just look at him, but, um, you know, in all seriousness, I mean, there are uh, quite a lot of droids to pick from, Uh, everybody is uh, dropping their favorite, and, uh, you know, we, we Obviously, being Imperial in mind, we cannot forget the uh, the probe droid from The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, very terrifying. I uh, wouldn't want to meet this in a dark alley in uh, downtown Chicago for sure. But actually, if I did, I'd probably run to it and try to take it home with me.
1: But, um, <laughs> Just don't forget they have self-destruct on them. Uh, that, oh, that'll yeah, get you. That's right.
2: That'll get me every time. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of droids. Uh, like I said, you know, I, IG 88 for one, uh, the, uh, bounty hunter droid from the empire strikes back, uh, Mm -hmm. chopper for sure. You know, chopper is, uh, and I I think you can say this about every droid chopper started out as this, you know, droid that we first met in the rebels cartoon by the end of it. I mean, he really had such an amazing personality. And like I said, we can say that about every droid for the most part, in this uh, saga that we all love. I mean, C-3PO, R2-D2, R5-D4, there's stories being written about them. I mean, the new ones, uh, obviously, BB-8, I mean... It's just amazing that uh, we are able to assign, you know, human feelings and characteristics to these uh, these non-sentient beings, these characters from a uh, galaxy far, far away. And I, I, for one, you know, they can hold their own with any character living or not I- in the Star Wars arena. And I really love, I, I love a lot of them.
1: I'm a little disappointed though. In the, in the chat, nobody's mentioned two of the greats and I know Roe, Probably won't appreciate this as much because he's not a big fan of the Doctor Aphra series, but BT One uh, and Triple Zero from the Doctor Aphra series, I, I think they're I think they're hilarious. Uh, it's uh, you know what would the Dark Side do if they had C three PO and R two D two? Well, they'd be sadistic bleeps, and that's what Triple uh, Zero and BT One are. Uh, they're they're trying. They'd love to kill Doctor Aphra the entire time, but they're just not able to. Um, but they they're they're crazy. they're crazy as hell and uh, some of the scenes with them in it are hilarious and uh, highly destructive. Um, so that's that's one reason to read the Dr A series um, but uh, oh highest highest body count Well, I think I just answered that one.
2: Exactly uh, yeah exactly <laughs> way I put it up Yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. BT1
1: and triple zero well, I would say BT1 to be specific because he brings the heavy artillery. Triple uh, Zero, he does the uh, precision work of uh, torturing people and uh, getting answers out of them. But uh, you know, there's uh, also another. Um, Charlie, did you read the uh, Alphabet Squadron uh, books? Uh, I have. Yep. There's a there's a droid in there, and it's a, an interrogator droid. So one of the one of the ball droids uh, from uh, A New Hope is in there, and and he plays uh, basically a psychiatrist in those books and the 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 main character has to talk to this uh interrogator droid the whole time so i thought that was a
2: pretty uh cool spin on a a old type of droid absolutely uh i want to do a quick shout out to a couple of friends of mine on the west coast in san diego lucia and husband paul uh hello guys we miss you in chicago i know it's uh, a lot warmer where you are and you have family there so uh, yippee-ki-yay to you guys but uh, they're watching us in the comfort of their own home in San Diego somewhere and uh, love you guys um, Yeah, droids um, What you know, uh, Brad, we're definitely going to have to have a, 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 an episode on droids because uh, again, if you guys in the chat don't know, you know, George Lucas decided to tell the story of Star Wars through the perspective of R2 and 3PO and that is also based on um what is the uh kurosawa movie the old black and white the hidden fortress yeah and there was uh two characters in hidden fortress that he uh modeled r2 and 3po after and i really would love to do a a really a, a really good deep dive on on the juxtaposition of those two characters uh from the kurosawa film to star wars and how You know how that all relates but uh that could be for another show but uh yeah that was
1: something that uh, i think we and we've sort of mentioned this before was a bit off in the sequel trilogy because like you said uh they were designed to be those characters or uh rosencrantz of guildenstern or the uh chorus in greek mythology uh they were they were that you know character to keep the thing going and so the whole thing was um presented through through their eyes But uh, those deep cuts, those deep, deep cuts. (laughs) Um, but that was something that was missing in the sequel trilogy. Um, R2D2 was literally turned off the entire time, uh, during The Force Awakens. Um, and C3PO had a minimal um, part to play. I I did like C3PO's bigger role in uh, The Rise of Skywalker, I thought it was nice to see him. Uh, get front and center a little bit more, but I was still very saddened to see R2-D2 uh, get sidelined. I did, I, I think BB-8, we've, I, I know folks in the chat have mentioned BB-8. We didn't specifically say it. I think BB-8's a, a great droid, but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want that at the expense of R2-D2. So I think that was something that was also, it's more subtle, but it's off in the sequel trilogy that they did not have more of a part to play.
0: Yeah, we almost got more of R2-D2 in The Mandalorian than we did in the sequel trilogy. I got excited to see Luke Skywalker,
1: and I got misty-eyed to see R2-D2 show up.
2: Absolutely, and I, you know, I said it on one of our uh, Mando Weekly Reviews. You know, I was obviously very emotional when I saw Luke and it came out, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but I, I didn't realize I had any more tears left. When R2-D2 showed up, I lost it. What is it about him? I mean, geez. It's because he speaks our language it's the amount that we have to that's, censor yeah. ourselves on this show that's. <laughs> you guys in the chat you guys are talking about uh how i came up with these deep cuts and um it's so funny because you know i'm probably older than 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 both of you uh brad and charlie not by much definitely older I, than me yep. yeah it, and it's funny um you know uh luke uh Hothoff podcast mentions there's a documentary called empire dreams and i, mm-hmm. I find it um i find it uh, funny not funny haha but i just find it really cool that young people are discovering these documentaries and these other star wars things that uh that obviously i've known for years um you know i used to watch uh, empire dreams on on vhs uh, when it first came out So and I still have it. It's it's like one of the old uh, older VHSs that that I have. And uh, again, you know, when somebody tells me, uh, "Hey, uh, there's something called the Star Wars Holiday Special that was done back in 1978 that aired on TV." Did you know about that? I'm like, did I know about that? I lived it. I watched it on CBS.
1: There was a tweet today that said, say what you want about uh, the CGI Luke Skywalker on The Mandalorian, but he still looked more real than Luke actually did on the holiday special, <laughs> which was Mark Hamill. Uh, and they were side by side, and yeah, that's true. But I think besides, putting, besides the Mandalorian, putting Empire of Dreams on Disney Plus was probably one of the best things that Disney did because it used to be kind of hard uh, to get your hands on Empire of Dreams. It was uh, Disc 2 on, on some of the DVDs back in the day but it was hard to get your hands on it. it eventually got onto youtube but most people didn't know it even existed but yeah if you haven't checked i mean you will get goosebumps i assure you uh it doesn't matter what you know how big of a fan you consider yourself uh you'll get goosebumps watching that uh you know how they could barely get this thing off the ground and then it yeah. became this huge empire that we're all talking about now 40 plus years yeah. later
0: If people now enjoy watching the uh, Disney Gallery with the Mandalorian, uh, they would absolutely lose their mind on Empire of Dreams. Uh, And uh, I think the first time I saw it, it was on one of the special edition uh, VHS sets that they had, and it was an additional fourth cassette. And uh, I I, I wore that thing out. I just kept watching it over and over, just to get as much knowledge about Star Wars as I could. Uh, it, yeah, absolutely fantastic. My wife even enjoyed it. Uh, we sat down and watched it on Disney plus and she had no clue. She was like, Oh, no wonder you like watching Star Wars so much after seeing that. So yeah, really good.
1: And if you consider yourself or if you are a creator uh, of any sort and you find yourself in a slump Watch Empire of Dreams, and that'll get your creative juices flowing for sure.
2: Absolutely. And there's one uh, that is even that goes a little bit more in detail, too, uh, with the story of Lucasfilm and ILM and George Lucas, even before uh, Star Wars, uh, when George Lucas had teamed up. With Francis Ford Coppola, and it's on the white edition of the film of the George Lucas film THX 1138. It's a two hour documentary behind the scenes of how they got together, created uh, Zoetrope Studios. It's Again, if you're in a slump, um, those documentaries are, are amazing and they're really, really inspirational. And obviously, I've talked about this in the podcast before. What really gets my juices flowing, especially about Star Wars, besides the laser beams and spaceships, is just the the creative force of the uh, the men and women behind the scenes that put this film together, uh, besides George Lucas, but all the the model makers and the technicians and and everyone that kind of created this uh, this universe out of nothing. It is nothing short of uh, miraculous, spectacular. And uh, you know, it, it garnered a, a generation of of creative individuals that are now in that field, uh, and it's just an amazing thing to to kind of uh, live through. And I'm glad, I'm glad
0: that other people are uh, finding that out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I find it pretty interesting that uh, of everything that they had to create in order to make Star Wars, and uh, and all the different companies that have come out of it, and. Uh, I've had discussions with people that, you know, they were not Star Wars fans uh, just for whatever reason. They just couldn't get into it, but they would bring up another movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the graphics were done on that with industrial light and magic. That's Star Wars. You now, oh, I really like this Pixar movie. You know, hey, that was Star Wars. You know, that, that started off as a Star Wars property. You know, uh, any movie that you've seen that has that THX logo on the front of it, that's that Star Wars. You know, Skywalker Sound they're like wow i didn't realize that yeah there's no no wonder that george can sit back and count his billions of dollars i mean exactly. all this stuff that he's created and you know it, it's absolutely amazing Kid! star wars
1: a billion years in the making and it's coming to your galaxy this
0: summer
2: so we got another follower that uh, sent us a topic. Uh, our friend uh, Vader Rapina. I don't. Know, I want to say it with like a, a nice Italian accent. Vader Rapina. Nice. Okay. So uh, Vader says. I think Grogu's blood is what is used to create Snoke. I believe Moff Gideon was instrumental in the creation of the First Order. What are our thoughts on that? so obviously there's a lot of uh, new information now um, that's you know not really direct but we can kind of extrapolate from some of the things that we've seen especially uh recently in the last few episodes of the mandalorian um obviously the rise of skywalker we see that snoke in a jar shot uh we see a, a very similar image in the mandalorian uh, one of the mm-hmm. last episodes there um, uh, you know i i, I don't know um uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of answers that are kind of sneaking around the corner uh, in the Mandalorian that relate to uh, the sequel trilogy. And again, you know, Brad, I've I've said this to you a lot. Uh, I know I, I've said it on the podcast. What does it all mean for the sequel trilogy? What does this story have to do? How are they going to connect it? I'm excited to find out um, because I've always been kind of a proponent of, you know, it's it's not about the end results. Obviously, we know the end results in this case. We know that the first order was was created, et cetera, et cetera. But we also know that somehow Palpatine returned. But what does this mean over here with the Mandalorian um that is going to allow, you know, the two stories to be kind of interconnected. And they will be, obviously, because we see a lot of the story elements, uh I guess the pre-story elements, um you know present in the Mandalorian I'm excited like rule of farmboy says I'm excited to see what Lucasfilm has to tell us but you know we are a podcast as everyone else has podcasts we are here to speculate and have fun on it uh, Brad what do you think
1: so you know how you can give blood you know you can you can donate blood just for the sake of donating blood or you can donate blood for specific reasons if they need something specific whether it be a specific blood type or whether they need plasma or whatever the case may be. And in this case, when we're talking about Grogu, it's because of his midichlorian count or M count. So here's what they needed, in my opinion, uh, for to bring Palpatine back. They had, they say, quote unquote, volunteers. I think those were just host bodies. Um, But for, you know, you have Palpatine who, or Sidious, who is probably one of the strongest force users uh, ever, in the uh, star wars universe um and for that force entity or essence or whatever to be absorbed in a body right when we're, we're talking about the communication between the body and the force you needed a sufficient midi-chlorine count to make that happen a sufficient m, a high enough m count to make that happen so i don't think you know uh, grogu's blood and, and the doctor kind of mentioned this uh, they they needed it because they needed the midi chlorians in the bloodstream of the volunteers, quote unquote volunteers. I think to be able to absorb uh, Palpatine's Force essence. So I, I think that's the connection between Grogu, uh, Snoke, because uh, I think Snoke was all part of the you know the the process, the, the perfection process to to for Palpatine to bring himself back. So I, I think that's the connection between Grogu, Snoke, and Palpatine.
2: Do you guys think that Snoke might come back um, somewhere between the end of The Mandalorian and the beginning of The Force Awakens, a period of time in there? We might see another story of, uh, you know, maybe not him rising because obviously, you know, we've got that theory that says Snoke stands for the Sith no one knew about uh, or the Sith no one knew existed, Snoke. The acronym um, that he was he was there all along uh, somehow I don't know but uh, you know I mean the last Jedi killed him like a little bitch you know three seconds he was (laughs) done so uh, not as powerful as uh, we thought or maybe Ben was even more powerful so uh, there's that but uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting conundrum that uh, that we uh, have uh, before us I, I I don't know Charlie
0: uh, I thought that at first, and we kind of hinted at stuff earlier when we were talking about EU stuff. In the original Thrawn trilogy, The uh, Palpatine held back a bunch of the uh, cloning cylinders uh, from and had him in his little bunker. Uh, uh, and I guess this was, yeah, I believe it was uh, Joris Saboath was the. Clone Jedi that was guarding this thing. Uh, Luke was there. um, I believe, I believe it's been a while since I've read that one, but uh, then they kind of hinted at, you know, that there were some cloning cylinders left. And I always wondered that after, you know, we see, uh, you know, attack of the clones and they have all these armies. Well, what happened to the cloning cylinders and the cloning process? Why, why wasn't this used before? Uh, And then, you know, they get into it in other media as far as I believe the comics uh, and uh, a couple of the books where they talk about what happened to the, uh, the cloning cylinders. Uh, But then we get the Mandalorian. And when we first see uh, Dr. Preshing uh, he's wearing a Camino outfit and it's, it's got Camino cloner something on his sleeve uh and then so I was like all right well they're doing something with cloning and then they talk about you know uh, how much he's gotten just a small sample of his blood and they've used it all so they need to get him back and you get the uh snoke in a jar uh you know picture that you really don't uh it's just a quick flash you really don't get much of it uh, but it does lead to speculation you know what are they going to do where where is snoke coming from we already know what's what's going to happen and I had a theory that, you know, yes, Snoke, they'll, they'll have him in body. They'll be able to do the process, uh, but it's more of a Palpatine controlling it. Because uh, you said that, you know, everything that you've seen, whether it's Snoke or Vader's helmet talking to him, it was, you know, talking to Kylo, it was always Palpatine controlling it. And I'm thinking that in The Last Jedi, uh, when uh, Kylo goes after Snoke, Palpatine's no longer controlling him. It's just basically a vessel that's sitting on the throne, and Palpatine pulls his essence away from it, or you know whatever, uh, because he's getting strong enough out on Exegol to be able to maintain his own body. So um, I, I uh, Grogu is part of it. Uh, just how far they want to tug on that string. Uh, I really don't know. I don't think we're going to see a full body Snoke. Um, We might get hints of it in like a hologram or something as, uh, as we've seen a few times in the Mandalorian, but, and as far as Gideon being control of the first order uh, or, you know, instrumental uh, possible, I guess, but it doesn't really, to me, it doesn't really fit the timeline. Uh, Because the First Order is already pulled back and this is the remnants of the Empire that haven't gone you know, haven't gone back to the Outer Rim uh, and gone into hiding and to, uh, you know, reestablish themselves. Uh, So I I really don't know if Gideon is all that instrumental other than being a protagonist for this series. I was going to say, as far as
1: Palpatine's comments on Snoke, I'm hoping this is one of the cases where Palpatine was lying because I wanted Snoke, just like many folks in the chat are saying, I wanted Snoke to be the big bad villain, uh, and, I, and I wrote for years that I truly believed that Snoke was Plagueis, um, and he had been around the entire time, uh, that Palpatine never actually killed him, uh, so personally, I, w- I, I, I have about 1% hope left, I'm not going to give it up completely, um, that Palpatine was simply lying about Snoke, about having created Snoke. Um, you know, because Palpatine does lie quite a bit when it suits him. Uh, I, for, for Snoke to still be significant, I, I hope that's one of the cases where Palpatine actually was lying, um, but was trying to clone him nonetheless.
2: Well, remember, we uh, always say that the Sith uh, are actually always telling the truth, so that, uh, that would be an interesting turn of events. Um, and I just put, put up, uh, Luke's, uh, comment here, uh, talking about the Sith Eternal. I know, you know, we've been planning the Sith Eternal podcast episode for the last, uh, what, three and a half months already. We got to get our, uh, asses in gear.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, that makes for a much better storyline than, than what we got that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much for it to, to be a much better storyline, but that definitely is. Um, and you know, I thought we were going to, be on a trajectory where we saw multiple forces at work against each other or competing against each other. Uh, Palpatine versus Snoke versus the Jedi, uh, and the resistance. And I think we've gotten a much better storyline out of that than what we saw.
2: And you know, I, I can't help but to feel that there's, uh, there seems to be a, another trilogy in between, uh, you know in between uh, return of the jedi and the force awakens that uh, that we need to see somehow just to kind of get a little bit more background as to you know what the hell's going on um i think there's too I much of a imagine gap if we had you know luke's jedi order i mean how
1: people people lost their minds when they saw luke skywalker on screen sure. so you know when we talked about incorporating eu uh his jedi academy that we saw in the eu he did have a Jedi Academy uh, for some period uh, before mm-hmm. it got wiped out. So uh, if you have Grogu there, um, you know, and other Force users, possibly Ahsoka, uh, if you see a young Jedi Academy and that, you know, even though we kind of know what happens to him, as you said, it's not about, you know, the final destinations about the path to get there. If we saw them in that short time period, I think people would really appreciate that and see a a young group of Jedi uh, trying to do good things in in this new
0: post-Empire universe. There's still so many stories uh, about that era uh, that we would love. Um, I'm almost to the point now where I'm thinking that it would have to be uh, something that's animated uh, rather than uh, bring back uh, a lot of the, uh, the actors to even de-age them. Uh, I know that is an expensive process to do, and sometimes you always don't get the best results. Uh, but I would definitely watch something like that, even if it was animated, uh, to uh, continue the stories and to get more of uh, what we really want to see. I mean, why not? They've been pulling back on the EU strings uh, yeah. Repeatedly over the years, more and more. Every year, it seems like we're there, they keep bringing stuff in. So, why not? Yeah, all for it.
2: Brad, uh, any final thoughts on tonight's Scarif Live? No, it's.
1: Uh... I always say no, and then I continue to give final thoughts. Uh, it's, <laughs> Charlie, I want to thank you a lot for coming on the show tonight. Uh, it's great to start the new year this way, talking about the things that we love uh, with the people that we love, both on the show and in the chat. So thank you, everybody, for coming tonight. Uh, it's been real. It's been fun. It has been real fun. Uh, we love doing these these hot takes, uh, as uh, not hot as they might be. It's fun just to talk about random things. We love Rose deep dives, uh, but sometimes we like (laughs) talk about the lighter side of things as well. So thank you everybody for being here and uh, had
2: a great time. Absolutely. Uh, On behalf of team Scarif and uh, all of the red five network uh, team members, I just want to say thank you guys. And uh, thanks for supporting all of us uh, here at red five and on the Scariff scuttlebutt. And obviously Charlie, what do you, uh, you teamed up with, uh, with uh, Rogue One Radio, That's, uh, is that correct? What, what do you guys have
0: coming up? Oh, uh, yeah. Starting, I guess, at the end of last year, uh, Steve needed a little bit of help and was looking for a co-host. Uh, and uh, so I volunteered to uh, jump on with him. Uh, and We did a Mandalorian recap, and, and we really hit it off and uh, enjoyed working with each other. So we were going to continue to do that. Uh, This last week, uh, we had a really good show uh, with Apprentice Ewok, uh, talking about uh, a lot of different uh, things. This week coming up, uh, we are starting a series on uh, looking back at the Skywalker Saga, uh, starting with the Phantom Menace. We're going to do a little deep dive on that. Uh, We're going to have a guest uh, with us, uh, Megan, uh, who was in the chat earlier uh she might still be there but uh, she's going to join us on that and we're going to have some uh good uh you know phantom Menace talk
2: excellent we got a couple of things brewing too and uh brad had to take off uh but uh thank you brad for joining us tonight on a uh, new edition of Scarif live We're going to put this up as a regular podcast uh come uh middle of next week and uh, we're going to have a special century mode episode uh stay tuned for that uh we also have a wonderful segment uh actually a wonderful show uh coming up speaking of scarif live we uh selected a couple of our um followers to take over the channel and i know a few of uh are are People that are going to take over the channel were in the chat. That would that's going to be fun. We did one uh, a year ago, and that was a lot of fun. We're just going to kind of step back and let them come on board on camera, and then just uh, take over the channel. So that's going to be really great. It was uh, part of our uh, hashtag uh, the takeover when the child took over our Twitter account. So that was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. We posed a question and uh, got a people got a couple of people to uh, to want to join in and. Uh, you know, see what they uh, have to say when they uh, take over our channel. So uh, again, thank you guys for joining us in the chat. May the Force be with you. Have a great night. Happy New Year. And uh, that's the Scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder
1: that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content,
0: make sure you head over to red5network.com.
1: You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in.
0: It's the Red 5 Network.